Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yo, this is the Inflection Collective, all of us are connected, reflective, real life perspective, respected, the banter, the shit chat, no cap, it's big facts, so kick back, this here is Done There, Been There. What's good, what's good, what's good? Another edition of the Done There, Been There podcast, episode number 11, 11, you've had 11 episodes, Eunice? 11? We've had 10. Oh, well, we're on number 11. Yeah, um, technically speaking. Yeah, we've That's hard had, to believe, though. That is hard to believe. That is. We're in double digits already. We haven't gotten a, you know Emmy nomination. What do you get for podcasts? What, what's the awards for Emmys? I mean, for podcasts. Oh, awards. okay. Well, you know, they do have a lot of different, like, online awards, tele awards, you know, internet type things. I think that we are are not in award season just yet for what we're doing. We're not. We're not. <laughs> No, Damn no. We no. try harder. You know, we have to go deeper. Thing, yeah, you don't want those. You, I mean, well, I'm not an awards person, but that's what a person with no awards would say. But I, <laughs> I've never been motivated by awards, honestly. So we've we've I'm done this. We, we've had ten episodes. We have not broken the internet. Uh, we haven't gone completely viral yet. We haven't had our cat. I think that's also positive. I think that's huh? also good. That's also good. Sometimes it is good because people are just saying wild stuff out here just to say it. You know what I mean? Just to go viral. And they're going to get their 15 seconds of fame. By the way, this is episode 11, number 11 once again. Done there, been that podcast. Mike Hill, you and this Elliot hanging out with you. So happy to be there. Continue to subscribe. Continue to like the uh, YouTube page. The Done there, been that uh, podcast on our YouTube page. Uh, follow us on Instagram, both of our handles as well. We continue to bring you uh, sports and entertainment news with a different twist in our perspective as we take you inside our own personal lives here. Uh, as we start each and every episode, we start off with, where have you been? What in the hell have you done, Eunice, over the last week? Man, I have been busting it this last week. I'm exhausted. I would tell mm-hmm. you I'm tired. But I tell myself it's all positive. It's all good. I'm working. I'm auditioning. I'm calling back or they're calling me back and mm. don't call again. I've been doing a lot of shows. Um, and so I saw this interview recently with Coleman Domingo and he was talking about now that he's getting all these accolades and, and how much um, attention he's getting for a lot of his recent uh, projects. Uh, he said, you know, I never thought of myself as a struggling artist. I just mm. said, this is the life of an artist, mm-hmm. you know? And I said, well, that's a very healthy perspective to have because if you feel like you're struggling, you're going to be feeling the struggle versus saying, Hey, I'm having the opportunity to create at will and all the other stuff I need to figure out how to say, but uh, it's been a busy week. I'm ready to take a little bit of a break, but it's all good. What about you? Where have you been? We, we, we talk about that starving. We talk about that struggling artist mentality. And it's one thing to be an artist and, and put your craft out there and, and be creative and all that type of stuff like that. But usually when you're an artist, you're a struggling artist. And that's where the term starving artist comes from because usually your ass is literally starving because you can't afford the eat. You can't go to in and out. You can't do a lot of things. I mean, like, and it's, it's tough because you want to do what you love. You want to do what you, you came out here to do, pursue the dreams, but thousands of others are doing the same things. And, uh, 
It can be tough sometimes. It's a lot of people that can't eat. That's what's so unfortunate. It's like people who have regular nine to fives are struggling to eat because of the grocery, you know, inflation and wages aren't matching. You know, so that's the thing that when I find myself getting kind of like, okay, I'm out here in LA, it's expensive. What am I doing? I realize that's pretty much everybody's storyline right now. That doesn't make me unique (laughs) in trying to figure out where is this freaking pot of gold. It's sad. It's unfortunate. It's all the symptoms of late stage capitalism. And, uh, you know, it just is what it is. But I would say at the end of the day i am learning oh. to uh say i am having a great time being alive that's the good it's good to have that positive attitude uh, uh you know it, read, it, yeah it's a great it, time you, you read that okay you read that up man yeah it, you know, here's here's the difference i will say real quickly when it comes to the entertainment part of things is the perception and we've talked about this before people see you doing things you're doing commercials you're on stage you're doing that and they just think that you're out here just balling out of control making all kinds of money they don't realize every time you do a comedy gig if you get 25 dollars, you get 50 dollars. you're happy with that sometimes you get a hundred dollars man that is a wonderful payday as a comedian and then sometimes the commercials you can do a commercial and depending on how many times commercials run you might not be getting paid a lot of money. You know, you can get a, a sitting fee because you can say, hey, I'm on a set. I'm doing this commercial. I'm doing this this movie. Sometimes you may get pay, paid $500 for a movie, a movie, because you shot two days or whatnot. And that's a SAG rate, $500 for a SAG rate if you shoot for one day. So it, it, it's, it's not easy out here. So the perception is you're out here, you're busy, and you're booked. But I would much rather be paid and productive than booked and busy than any other day. Um, I'm doing the same thing as you uh, out here. Just we did a show together on Saturday. I, I like to set up the uh, shout out to uh, T Breezy Twala uh, for bringing us out there. Uh, out, where was that in Carson or Torrance. it was Torrance, California? In yeah. Torrance, California, it really nice. Event. Yeah, it was a day show. One thirty. It was an interesting crowd and it was an interesting dynamic for comedy. It was. It's a cool idea. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was like, you know, like, we, and it was an older crowd. So it was, it was great because, you know, like, you know, this comedy thing is tough, man. Starting at, you know, 8 30, 9 o'clock at night, you get on stage at 10 30, 11 o'clock, man. It's, it's time for your bedtime. You know what I mean? So it's time to go to bed. So, uh, to have it in the afternoon was great. Uh, and then also audition for a commercial. Let me tell you something. I auditioned for a commercial to play a sportscaster, <laughs> a sportscaster, something I've been doing for 29 years. And usually I don't really get upset about certain things like this, but I got put on the veils for that. I didn't get the gig. I'm like, who in the hell got it? If it ain't Gus Johnson, if it ain't Mike Green, I'm going to be pissed. But at the same time, if it's an actor, I understand sometimes it got to be the right look, the right sound, whoever they're pairing with and all that type of stuff like that. But I'm like, man, I killed that audition. But once again, what's for me is for me and what's not for me isn't for me. Uh, What I will say isn't for me right now is watching the All-Star game. For the NBA. Oh, that uh, just happened. Just like that weekend, just, right? That just happened on Sunday. Uh, a lot of people are trashing it. Uh, the most points ever scored in the NBA All-Star game uh, ever. Uh, the most points by one team, I think over 211 points, I believe, was scored by the uh, the, East, the East side uh, as they won that game. Um, and it's not watchable. You know, I kind of watched it, but I let it watch me as I was doing other things. You saw the highlights, whatever. Um it's not competitive. It's not what it used to be back in the day when Magic and Bird and those guys played. Yeah, we get the alley-oops. We get all the showtime. We get the entertainment part of things. But when it got down to it, usually in the fourth quarter especially, uh, those teams wanted to win back in the day, especially when Kobe was there. Kobe even has a quote talking about when he and uh, Chris Paul played together. Anytime they played, it was like, hey, fourth quarter, we're going to take over. We're going to win this basketball game. And everybody's talking about how do you fix it? I don't know if it can be fixed with today's NBA players because Eunice, you know, obviously there are injury concerns and I really just don't think they care or they have that competitive edge like players of yesteryear. You know what? I will say I did not watch it, um, but I don't watch a lot of things. So I never use me as a barometer for what people are consuming. Every, you know, millions of people are watching things I've never seen. But I remember growing up an all-star NBA all-star weekend was an event at my family's house, uh, me and my siblings, because we didn't have an NBA team in Alabama. So this all-star was kind of like our team, right? We got Mm -hmm. to root for all of our favorites playing together. And although, you know, in theory, it's still the same concept with the guys from all the other teams, it's a different energy, not just from the players and their effort. It's Mm -hmm. a different energy from 
the fans, because I think right now we have so many different things to consume our attention mm-hmm, than mm-hmm. we used to have. Mm-hmm. I think you just you're gonna have to figure out another way to retool this or to incorporate different aspects. But back then, that was what that was the only thing going on that weekend. That was the only thing that was going to be on TV, maybe TNT or TVS, you know. And so I think if you just say, "Listen, I can either scroll on TikTok for an hour or watch an hour of the All Star Game," I'm probably going to scroll on TikTok for an hour. One because my attention span is not as as long as it used to be. Mm-hmm. I'm able to source exactly the content I want to get. And guess what? I know that I'm going to get a play-by-play rundown of whatever I missed, whether it's social, whether it's I watch it on a sports show, I'm going to know what happened. And so whether it's an award show, it's the Super Bowl, it's the commercials, it's halftime, it's NBA All-Star, I don't feel the pressure to have to watch because I know I'm going to catch it the week later. Right. All but- the conversations, all the clips. <laughs> Just like you said, we are in a, a world where we want to consume information quickly. That's why blogs are so popular. That's why TikTok is so popular. That's why you can't put up videos over three minutes because nobody's going to watch. But you know what will be watched? Entertainment. If you keep them entertained and you keep them enthralled, people will watch. People watch three hours of Cat Williams. Three hours. Mm-hmm. Three hours. Yeah. A lot of people. Listen, I just, I just finished a TikTok series with fifty parts. A woman talking about marrying a pathological liar, and when I tell you that's all anybody's talking about on yes. the internet is she did, and to each part was ten minutes, and yes. we are finishing fifty parts of this yes. woman that we don't know story, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we just want to hear stories. We want to be engaged, and guess what? The beauty of social is not only do you get to watch it. It's same thing with the podcast, and we encourage people to share their comments, or even this podcast in particular is where we share our perspective. But it's one of those things where it's like in the comments, somebody's going to say, oh, I know who I was in this story. Oh, I had a situation similar or, oh, that's never happened to me. It's hard sometimes now to consume entertainment where you're not involved. They're not asking me what I think. And you see a lot of times these, these sports teams are trying to put the, 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 um, the RSS feeds of different Twitters or, or X's or Instagram, people's comments. So maybe you'll watch to see your comment, you know, but it's just like with the actual NBA All-Star, I can tell you once Dominique Wilkins and Michael Jordan weren't in the dunk contest, I was out. Right. <laughs> so right. we're talking about 30 years probably. Right. <laughs> I ain't really been involved. And I just think it's, it's how do you entertain us when the people who are participating don't seem to be entertained. And you're, you're absolutely right. You got guys like Anthony Edwards who are people talking about being the face of the National Basketball Association in the future. And he's basically saying, you know, I'm not here to be competitive. Basically, this is some time off. And who blames them? To be quite honest with you, these guys grind for 82 games during the regular season. I get that. The most important thing for them to do is to win in the playoffs and win an NBA championship. I understand that. That's the most important thing. This is what they get paid for. Otherwise, it is entertainment. Maybe they should put the NBA All-Star game at the end of the season because you know what it is competitive? If you've ever gone into a workout at UCLA or in Chicago somewhere where they have these open-run gyms for the well, private runs for the NBA players and they uh, they select a couple of college players or maybe G League players to come in and play with them, those games are competitive because they feel like they're getting ready for the season and they got a lot of stuff on the line. I don't know if you have that mentality with these players for the All-Star game because guess what? They want to enjoy the festivities, too. You know, they're in Indianapolis. I don't know if there's a lot to do in Indianapolis, but they probably were out partying all night long the night before. And they're thinking about the party afterwards. And then they're thinking about, OK, well, I only got a couple of days off. I got to spend time with my family or whatever. I just want to go out there and have a good time and have fun because this is one of the rare times during the season where I can actually relax and enjoy myself. So there's a part of me that says I don't blame them for not doing that. But at the same time, I would like to see that back. And if you want to continue to have an all-star game, if you're the NBA, you have got to put a product out there that is enjoyable to watch and create storylines that make people so intrigued. Because like you said, if there's something that people are interested in watching, they will sit down and consume and watch it. This is the reason why, Eunice, the reason why I want to do this podcast about sports and entertainment, I didn't want to talk about the X's and O's. I wanted to talk about life experiences. I wanted to touch and see something that maybe an NBA player or a Major League Baseball player or sports figure is going through and say, okay, we've gone through that. I know somebody else that's gone through something like that. And if somebody that's listening or watching us right now says, man, I went through a similar experience, guess what? They'll be intrigued to say, hey, 
we're not alone. And then they'll sit down and they'll watch and maybe they can learn something from it as well. So you know, that I, I believe I is. I can fix the NBA All-Star game. I can fix you can it. Fix it? Yeah. Okay, fix it. So this is fix what you do. You have the top college players. You have the top WNBA players. You have the top G League players. And then one or two actual NBA stars or maybe three per team, and you mix and match. That's the roster, right? They're all playing on the same teams. And so now I think we want bragging rights. You know, I won with a, a the top college player. I won with the WNBA player. I think that would be interesting. That also brings all these other fan bases to this weekend, to this game. That mm -hmm. is an all-star for basketball on NBA All-Star Weekend. And I think that would be fun. Maybe yeah. have one of the players be the coach, you know, um, seeing the mm -hmm. substitutions coming in and out, seeing these these people who don't get the shine get to play next to the biggest stars in the NBA. I think that would be fun to watch. Mm -hmm. I would watch that. Uh, you know, also will make them play money, <laughs> incentive, the money, winner take all type of money uh, at the end of the game. If you say, hey, you know what? The winner of this game, each player gets a million dollar piece, million dollars piece. Guess what? <laughs> Guess what that fourth quarter is going to be? They're going to be going at it because I don't care how much money you make and these players are making up to $60 million a year. A million dollars for a game, they will take any day. And I know they make that pretty much for a game in, in, in a sense, but uh, they, they will definitely take that for All-Star Weekend, especially some of the younger players out there uh, trying to make a name for themselves. But I like your your suggestion to integrate other players like uh, Sabrina Ionescu uh, and uh, Steph Curry had a three-point contest and that was watched by over four million people right. i think close to five million people to watch the three-point contest because that was intrigue that was a storyline that was something different i feel like even the dunk contest instead of just having nba players i know they had a g league player mac mcclung who won it back to back get some of these guys who are not in the nba and that's all they do is dunk maybe it's an nba versus the best dunkers from around the world right. or whatever and then the nba players with their egos being involved saying we can't let these outsiders show us up on the court that we play on, maybe that's even more intriguing than just what we have right now. But I, I know um, get the commissioner Michael Jordan back on the court. I don't know if you're gonna get me back for the dunk contest. I would even let me tell you something. If you got Dominique and Michael, <laughs> I mean, if you got Dominique and Michael Jordan back on the court, you that ain't gonna be a shit you want to watch. Anyway. <laughs> watch Dominique and Michael Jordan they ain't dunking nothing but donuts. Dominique tossing the alley oop for this young star to dunk it. Hey, that's a 10. They went. I mean, I'm saying taking the things that were exciting when they worked and oh. integrating them mm -hmm. with what's going on now. I think what not only are you paying homage to the past, you also you're getting eyeballs. You're going to get the eyeballs that you haven't gotten since these people retired. Right. So I'm saying you have yeah. to get creative and say, you know, just like the NFL got creative when they made up this relationship. No, OK, go ahead. But anyway, you can get creative. <laughs> Not this episode. Okay. Not this episode. All right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, some of the dunkers trying to do that pay homage. Like uh, uh, Jalen Brown brought out somebody who wore the number 21 jersey for Dominique Wilkins and tried to do a Dominique dunk and all that type of stuff like that. That's another story. Uh, but hopefully they'll the fix NBA. It. It, it. The NBA needs to take notes for the NFL. That's all I will say. Okay. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations 
where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Have you ever held on to something too long in your personal life? Have you ever, like, like somebody tried to tell you to change something about yourself, and you just said, you know what, mm, nah, I'm good, and just you were stubborn about it? No, I will say I'm not good with suffering through things. So when I don't want to do something, I stop pretty immediately. But I also don't take other people's information and insight as mine, right? So any job, mm-hmm. I've quit every job I've ever had, but that's only because I had gotten to the point I didn't want to work there anymore. From the outside, everybody's like, what? You're here, you're doing this. You know, they only see the good parts. They could convince you, hey, but you're getting paid this, whatever. So, and the same thing I would say in personal relationships. Once I'm out, I'm out. Um, and, um, I mentioned that, uh, series on TikTok. Uh, it was like, who the F did mm-hmm. I marry? But it's, I think a lot of relationships, I remember Whitney and Bobby coming out and Whitney saying, you know, a lot of times because so many people are telling you to get out, you, you double down and stay in to prove a point. Mm-hmm. I have never, oh. I have never been in a situation where I stayed longer than I meant to be in an extreme way. Cause I was going to say my timeline is much shorter than the average bear. So by the time I said, well, I stopped doing okay. that for three hours, somebody else was like, well, you could have given it three years. I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> what about you? Yeah. I think I know your answer. <laughs> uh, absolutely. I mean, I'm very stubborn. I've, I've had several people throughout my career trying to tell me how to do my job or whatnot. And I've listened to some of it. I've taken it with a grain of salt, but I know who I am. And I've had people tell me I needed to be, stop being more like this person and more like this person, but then they're telling me at the same breath, be yourself. I'm like, well, you're telling me to be like somebody else. So how am I being myself? But I can't be like this guy. I don't get it, man. So like, I, I think when it comes to that and, and maybe being stubborn or whatever, maybe not listening to some of that, maybe it, 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 it uh, stalled my career uh, in some regards or my upward growth at certain places, whatever. But at the, at the end of the day, I know who I am. And when I look myself in the mirror and I'm like, okay, I'm going to fall on my sword. I'm just going to be who I am or whatever. And if they don't like it, they don't like it, then that's fine. But at the end of the day, I just can't lose myself because I've lost myself before. And that's not a good feeling to have to lose yourself and not know who you are because everybody's trying to tell you how to live your life. You can only live the life that you are intended to live, the one that God gave you. So that's just the so way I go about it. what you're saying is the NBA does not need to take notes from the NFL. I think the NBA, I think the NBA, but they have a, when they know they have a problem, it's an out problem. When the commissioner is coming out and basically saying that there's a problem, then they know that there's a problem. Now, if I ever looked at myself and said, like, damn, I need, I had a problem. Well, I'm, I'm not doing this. This is not happening. This is not working for me. I don't feel good about myself. I don't like the product that I'm putting out there. I need help in that regards. I'll go get help. You know, and I think the NBA, they understand that they have a problem. I mean, the ratings are starting to go down. The commissioner's saying that. So they need to go and not be stubborn and, and change certain things and not just make, like you said, maybe not make it an all NBA thing, integrate the WNBA and other aspects of basketball from around the world and make it more of a global thing. I actually liked it when they had the, the world against the American stars and all that type of stuff like that. I, I liked it when they chose teams, they went away from that. I liked it when they implemented the um, the rule in the fourth quarter where I can't remember the name of the, the scoring system, but there was a scoring system where the leading team, if they led by a certain amount, you added 24 points in honor of Kobe, and that was going to be the winning score in, in the fourth quarter. I liked that. That made it a little bit more competitive. And if it was a blowout through three quarters, at least the team that was behind the fourth quarter had a chance to come back. You just had to make up some ground. But um, I, I think they go away from it because – are you familiar with the book Who Moved My Cheese? <laughs> who Moved My Cheese yes, or you, Who Passed the Cheese? I don't know. Who Moved My Cheese? <laughs> nah. you know that book? Who Moved My No, no, okay. no. Mm-mm. Okay, don't so know. you're talking about all these different things that, that has been talked about or that would possibly. There's this, this is a book. It's called Who Moved My Cheese. It's a very short book, but the, the premise of it is what the NBA is in this situation now and what most of us tend to be in. But uh, basically, it gives the example of you put uh, cheese in a maze and you put mice in there. Uh, they're going to go wherever the cheese is. They're not going to keep going to the same place. If the cheese was there yesterday, they'll, they're going to follow the scent to get to the cheese. Whereas humans, mm. we're going to keep going back to the same spot where the cheese was yesterday versus venturing out finding the cheese because we're like well it was here yesterday it's not here today i'll come back tomorrow and check again and we are losing strength we are starving we are dying whereas a mouse will go find the cheese 
And we as people tend to say, who moved my cheese, <laughs> right? And, a, mm. and a, an animal oh. is just going to go find it, right? And so that's where the MBA is. That's where a lot of people who are trying to figure out how to pivot in life is, hey, you can't just keep talking about the cheese was here yesterday and keep coming back to that spot. You got to go find that cheese and not worry about who moved okay. it. Go get it. That's what go get the cheese. That's I like that. That's a a way of life. Go get that cheese. It's it's a good book. They have workbooks. They have, but anyway, that's the whole thing. If it's not working anymore, pivot. Right, change it. Don't keep doing the same thing, saying it used to work. That's very. That's very good. It's got to be a short book for read a book. these days. Who moved my cheese? Who moved my cheese? I know who wasn't at All-Star Weekend. I know who wasn't at the All-Star Celebrity Game. He was supposed to be there. got an invitation revoked. That was Chris Brown. I'm not going to get into the reasons why people think that it was because that's just going down a rabbit hole that nobody wants to go But, but let me now. say, let me but, say, uh, Chris Brown mm-hmm. is the one who let us know. I don't know that we would have known this if he didn't share the email where he was invited to play in the game. And then he said that sponsors like Ruffles had a problem with him being a part of the game. And I love that Ruffles came out and says, we ain't say that. We all know nothing about that. that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We ain't got nothing to do with that. Right. Because Ruffles was getting their feathers ruffled by Chris Brown's fans coming out. And Ruffles probably, I mean, look, I don't know what what Ruffles did or didn't do, but I know the NBA, I'm pretty sure the sponsors have a lot of say of who they, they probably didn't say who could be in the game, but they probably like, um, this guy right here. Hmm. You think he's necessary? You know, maybe something like that. This is hundred percent on the And you know how that goes, but you know, like, so when it comes to being invited, uninvited, have you ever been in a situation where somebody invited you somewhere or you invited somebody to something and all of a sudden, for whatever reason, and uninvite uh, notice had to go out to that person or to you? I have never been uninvited that I am aware of, but I have uninvited myself to things based on other factors, Mm. right? So I have accepted invitations before. And then based on other information I may have learned, I have then uninvited myself. I used to be in a like friend what? group and uh, different dynamics in the friend group started to change. And so we were still trying to hold on to the friend group, but it wasn't enjoyable or fun or interesting. So I made the information known to other members of the friend group outside of the part of the group that was not enjoyable anymore. Hey guys, if you invite her, don't invite me. I'm not interested. Uh, it's just not interesting to me. Right? So I just said, listen, I was getting annoyed because what we would do is we would keep this friend group together. All of us would have a miserable time. And then we would sneak and go have a different time after she left. So we're pretending like we're going to our car. All right, y'all see all. And I was like, y'all, why am I spending twice as much money when she just don't have to be here? And if you feel loyal to her, that's fine. But don't invite me. And I've actually have lost friendships after that because they snuck and invited me to something she was at and i'm sitting there looking at them like and sh- and the time wow. was still bad and and i have never talked to the friend who i stayed friends with for the invitation i'm like why would you have me here and you know this ain't what i'm trying to do so um i will uninvite myself and i and i have that's a really strict boundary because if i say hey i don't enjoy being around that person i'm not telling you not to be their friend or whatever but you can leave me out of it i'll catch you next time so were the other people in the group just just as unhappy with her as you were yeah. because you guys said that sometimes you would so why did they keep inviting? Why were they still friends with? It was because we had been longtime friends. You know, I maybe it was a loyalty kink. Now, just because I've done something for what she do? years, I mean, like, like, because I'm just going straight up ask, what did she do? Okay, well, I will <laughs> give the example on the last time. Okay, the, the sneak invitation. Okay, okay? we went to okay. a high end steakhouse. Okay. Okay. It's only three of us there. So the friend that gave the sneak invitation, the one I don't want to be here with and me. So it's only three of us here. So I'm really confused. Okay. High-end steakhouse, yeah. that means high-end prices. And the person who right. I do not want to be there with sat there on her phone talking to someone else the entire time. <laughs> and so for 30 minutes, this person sat at the table talking to someone else. And so I'm talking to the friend. When this person got off the phone, because I didn't hear her giving out any nuclear codes or CPR directions. I said, uh-huh. is everything okay? And the friend who was my friend who gave the secret invitation said, well, if she wanted to talk to us about it, she would. And I made, I was done with her now too. I paid my portion of the bill. I said, oh, y'all got me fucked up. If y'all think I would actually come out here and pay money to watch somebody talk on the phone and I do. That's been maybe four or five years ago. I have not seen or spoken to either since. 
Wow. Now, that was just you the last time. Company. That was after I had already said, hey, <laughs> this ain't it for me. <laughs> but I wow. have boundaries. I'm very strict with my boundaries. And I think women, particularly people, Americans, poor people, black people, it's a lot of different marginalized groups that are not encouraged to enforce their boundaries because the, the feeling is you should just be happy to be here. <laughs> right. And I'm saying, wow. hey, this is a boundary for me. I don't enjoy her company. None of us do. We go have a second dinner after her. I'm paying second dinner <laughs> prices. Right. Just holler at me wow. next time. y'all. I get, it. I get it. I get it in an intimate environment. Yeah. How about like a party? How about because I've been in situations before where one friend didn't like another one of my friends. They're both friends. I wanted them both to be there at a situation or an event that I was having. It could have been about 20, 30 people. It could have been something for you know New Year's Eve. It could have been a part, anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm inviting both of them. And I'm like, I got a big house. You can go to one end. The other person go to the other end. Y'all got friends and separate friends. How about for something like that? Intimate, just the three or four of us. Should I you understand. uninvite one of them? Are you saying- no, I'm, I'm asking, how do you how do you feel about, like, if I invited you, say, I invited you to a party, and it was like, I said, it's 30 people there, and you know how my parties are, and I'm like, this got this big house or whatever, and you got friends that are going to be there, and the person that you don't like is also going to be there among the other 20-some-odd guests that I have. How do you feel about that? Would you then show up? Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Wark, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've shown up to your events with that exact situation. I've pointed to the person who I can't stand at your event and said, I can't okay. stand that person and told you why. Yeah. Okay. 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 All right. Okay. I, mean, I just wonder because a lot happened. of, yeah. No, because I, 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 because the thing is, I, I have to, because people say, man, like, you know, I don't like this person. Why would oh, you yeah, invite no. this person? Why? Would you? Yeah. And, I, and then like, sometimes I'm like, they'll look, well, I've been knowing you longer. And I'm like, but I'm just as good of friends or even better friends with this person, even though I've been knowing them this time. You know what I mean? So they get upset with the loyalty thing and they say I'm not loyal. Because uh, to my story, one time I had a a, 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 a birthday party. Somebody we both know uh, broke up with a girl that he introduced us to. And she was like part of the family. Everybody loved her. She was like, uh, we all had our number and all that type of stuff. And you know, when I had my birthday parties, I just invite basically the entire city. Mm-hmm. And I invited to and I, unbeknownst to me now, she calls this guy and says, Mike invited me to his party. I'm bringing somebody. I didn't tell her she could bring somebody, but she said she was bringing somebody. He calls me and goes off on me and basically says, well, I'm not coming. 
I'm uninviting myself because so-and-so's coming and blah, blah, blah. And you know, why would you invite her? She don't even really like you like that. And all this, all this stuff comes out from the past that I had no idea about before. But now he's going to give me all the, uh, the background on who this person is and how she felt about me and all that type of stuff. So I ended up not inviting her at all. I had to basically call her and say, hey, because my boy is coming or whatever, and I did not know you was bringing somebody else. I'm going to have to tell you not to come. So I had to uninvite that person. I felt bad in a sense doing it. but I, And I've been in several situations like that. Yeah. I had another situation where I, I threw a party for somebody. That person, it was going to be a surprise party. That person's daughter didn't like one of the people that was coming, even though they had been cool before or whatever. And because it was a surprise, I had to uninvite this guy because if he came, she wasn't going to come. And obviously this woman wanted her, probably would want her daughter to be there or whatnot. And I felt bad about that. He felt terrible and all that stuff. And yeah, it's, it's, it's tough when you have to do that, when you're put in that situation. But I don't like to like separate when it's a big event, you know, because I feel like we can be adults. And I feel like well, at the theory, same time, as long theory, as- Yes, in theory. Yeah, I in think, theory. Have you ever been uninvited? Do you know that you have been uninvited to something? I I have, I have, I've felt unwanted. I've, I've never felt, I've never been, un, I've never gotten an invitation and then somebody rescinded the invitation. Okay. I have felt like, if someone invites me somewhere that I've heard about at the last second, and then all of a sudden it's like, you know, like you, you so and so's throwing a party, or whatever, and then you hear, hey, blah blah blah, you, you talk to that person, like, oh, I heard you throwing a party. Oh yeah, yeah, man, I was going to invite him. Nope, don't worry about I it. See, you didn't think about me. Be, uh, you just forget about nope. things. Or, no, nope. no, you didn't forget. You didn't forget. He didn't forget well, because think, okay. this person it, they I, forgot, it, Mike. It, 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 they forgot. No, they didn't forget. Let me tell you why they didn't forget. Because I straight up asked I, the person. It was a Thanksgiving, and this person I've all, I had always invited them to Thanksgiving dinner, uh, whether I was throwing Thanksgiving dinner or somebody else was there. This person was always there, coming, bringing, didn't bring food, would leave with three plates and all that type of stuff like that. His Thanksgiving etiquette was terrible, right? But still, he would come and nobody would say anything. This guy decided he was going to do Thanksgiving dinner in his house one one year, and a friend of mine said, "Are you going to so and so's house?" And I'm like, I didn't know about it. And and she said, well, yeah, I asked him, did you invite Mike? And he says, no, <laughs> straight up. <laughs> he said, no. And so later I saw him say, man, he, I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So all of a sudden, because I just wanted to see what he was going to say mm -hmm. and how he was going to do it. But I, I, I was like, no, nah, bro, I don't want to come. I'm good. See, I heard I what know. you had to so, say. So to me, that leans more towards like a, a messiness than just a clear oversight, right? So that might have been some messiness involved on why the woman the person asked you or asked him and then told you, you know what I'm saying? To me, that's more of a dynamic of messiness versus a clear uninvitation or a clear miscommunication. Does that make sense? Yeah, I no mean, but at the same time, we, to tell you that story. There was no reason for her to tell you mm -hmm. that knowing that it would probably make you feel a certain kind of way. So I don't like that. I don't like when people go back and share information to make someone feel bad about someone else. I'm either going to withhold it yeah. because it's not going to help nothing or I'll be like, oh, mm -hmm. I talked to such and such. I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, he said this. Because also you have to ask yourself, why would somebody feel comfortable kind of talking negative about me to this person who's my friend? Like, what did my friend say? Right. So you always got to have to watch somebody when they bring back, you know, the bones because you're like, huh, why did you're they right. give you the bones? That's interesting. I and I, and I asked ask, she's she, she, I asked, I asked her that same question. I'm like, so what did you say? And she said, I told him it wasn't right. And she said, uh, I said, yeah, I'm going to talk to him about it. She said, you should. So she's the one that basically encouraged me to say something to him because she knew what he was doing was messed up so because I had always. Invited this yeah. So it made it. A was, she, I think she was kind of giving me the heads up and not being messy. I think she was kind of giving me like, this is the person that you're dealing with here. So, uh, but the, the biggest, uh, uninvitation I had to give. <laughs> I know it was a wedding involved. <laughs> one of them, right? You know, it had to be a one wedding involved. Go ahead. That's that's why I can't well, believe you're talking about Thanksgiving well, dinner and stuff. I'm like, Mike, come on, let's get to a wedding. Ate one of your weddings that you had to uninvite <laughs> someone you probably dated before, but y'all really good friends now. Come on, let me hear it. Oh no, no, no! It wasn't that. It wasn't that. Although we did invite our exes to, our, we did do that. Mm -hmm. uh, so obviously, the last one was this big fair. It was like all the we we had all these people over two hundred people, which we rushed in anyway. 
Uh, but the list was much bigger. Mm-hmm. We both knew over 500, 600 people that we could have invited to this part, this, this wedding or whatever. So we had the narrow list down. We both had 125 people each or whatever. And we both submitted this list and said, okay, let's put this list and give it to the person who was in charge of running the wedding, right? And it was a list of about 350 people once we narrowed it down, right? And we was gonna have to cut out 100 people. And when the RSVPs went out, the save the date went out, that list went out saying basically you've been invited to this wedding. And we had to hit 100 people and tell them, oops, that wasn't supposed to go out. We made a mistake. Oh. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That wasn't, whoops. We realized like, no, 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 don't send that out. Don't send, that's not the list. That's not the list. And it was nobody's fault. It was just a miscommunication. So I'm not trying to blame anybody. But yeah, to have to hit, people wanted to come to this event. They wanted to come to that. They really wanted to be there. And man, when I tell you, I've lost friends that won't talk to me to this day because of that. Because they got the invitation to save the day. And then you had to say, hey, you actually received that in error. You are not cordially invited to witness the nuptials of me and her. (laughs) Yes. Oh, that is so embarrassing. And then it it probably happened because they didn't buy me a gift. And obviously. (laughs) That is embarrassing. That's rough. That is rough. Yeah, that was was a tough one. That was a tough one. But I felt bad. No, I feel bad. They'll they'll be invited to the next one though. I'll make sure. I, I was gonna say it, but you said it was never gonna be another one. I said I'm gonna leave it alone and respect this man's boundaries. Just, but you, you know, said it. Well, well, they, 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 you said when it. they got something to look forward to, you said it. it I was trying to think of because I haven't had a lot of like huge life events like baby showers or weddings or get you know. So I haven't had a whole lot to invite people to. But I will say I was trying to think of a more personal invitation story. Of I'm the third of four kids. My parents got divorced. Um, my dad did not come to my older sister or older brother's graduation. So I did not invite him to mine. They did invite him to theirs, but he didn't come. So I consciously did not invite him to mine. Right. Wow. Wow. And so it's sometimes your invitations is, is not even a loyalty kink. It's like, and I think sometimes people like myself included, I'm not that social. I think sometimes people don't offer me invitations because I have declined so many in the past that they just stop asking me. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I can see, where people are doing things without me and I have half a second of almost wanting to feel something, but I'm like, I didn't want to go to that. No way. Let that go. <laughs> you didn't want to go. And they didn't ask you because <laughs> you've said no enough times previously that they don't ask you. As far as the NBA and the Chris Brown situation, I think that's a very gross oversight, just like your invitation is going out. There should have been conversations uh, of due mm-hmm. diligence on, Hey, we have sponsors. This is our wish list. Do you guys have any problems with anyone on the wish list before we send out invitations, right? Because then that yeah. would have been a time for us to have these internal conversations of, hey, we have a problem with your wish list. We would want to remove XYZ before these go out. That is what should have happened to avoid the embarrassment and also the hurt feelings. And then, of course, the then public discourse of, you know, how he felt about the situation and sharing it publicly. That's how you could avoid that. You know. I bet you they learned that now. That's I bet right. you they will submit those lists uh, yeah. in the future uh, when it comes to these games or anybody that they want associated with any of their brands. So that's just the way it is. It's unfortunate. But let me say this. I, I want to make, mm-hmm. make a point that we talk about knowing each other for 25 yeah. years and we're doing this podcast mm-hmm. together. I ain't never even got a bad invitation to one of Mike's weddings. Like I ain't never even got one that wasn't even a real one. Uh, to one of his <laughs> that's all I just wanted to make sure we said that well, well, well I will say I will say the first, I'll save it for stop that well, stop well, having okay, well, the, the, the first one the first one I was so young I, I don't even I don't I didn't know you the first one I was young I knew your sister but me and your sister weren't tight tight mm-hmm. you know what I mean I knew you I didn't know you the second one was like at a courthouse mm-hmm. and the last one was like like I said I'm just we had a lot of people, Eunice. I'm just we saying, just had I a lot of people. Get, uh, Some of my family members didn't invitation. get to go. <laughs> I'm saying I wasn't even on the list to get the invitation that I wasn't supposed to get. So I want this to Eunice. be clear that for the next one. Okay. For the next one. I got and you. And put me down with a plus one. Oh, what are you bring? Nobody. Come on. You going to bring a date? No. You going to bring a date? If you have another wedding, I'll have a plus one. How about that? Hey, I, I, will, I will give you a plus two if you bring a date and you bring that girl that you don't want. <laughs> that you don't, I will if you just bring her, I, I give you a plus two. 
Like, because you know, Eunice, you can hold a grudge. No, I, you know, let, me you, say, you, let me clear this up. I have never held a grudge. Mm-hmm. I hold funerals. You are dead to me. Oh, that is different than holding. Oh, 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 wow. I hold funerals. Wow. Wow. So when they go low, you dig a grave. That's what you do. <laughs> Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Oh I feel my like a grudge God. is something you have to keep adding energy to, adding fire to mm. keep bringing up, mm-hmm. right? And we saw mm-hmm. that happen recently. And we, you know, we love to talk about other people's podcasts. Carmelo Anthony was recently talking about an old grudge. And, and when I see mm-hmm. stories like this, I don't, I don't identify. Because like I said, once it's dead, it's dead. I'm not talking about it. I'm not saying nothing bad. I'm not saying good. I'm not telling the story. It's done. You never existed. So you heard what Carmelo had to say when he first uh, was uh, George Carl became his coach at Denver. And it was a shoot around and whatnot. And, uh, and we hear what we say this is. How old is this story? We would say that this story originally. This is yeah. Carmelo was like twenty one, so this has to be almost twenty years okay. ago. Uh, yeah, that's a at least, almost going. twenty years. Ago. Yeah. yeah, that's 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 alone. It's been a long standing feud between George Carl and Carmelo Anthony. Here's a clip of the first conversation George Carl had with Carmelo Anthony, according to Carmelo Anthony. After sh- after shoot around, call me to his room and tell me, "Hey man, like I think you overrated. Like I, I, you have a lot of work." <laughs> Yo, that's crazy. First, the first shoot around, he come to me and say, "Like, look, man, I think you overrated. Like, we have a lot of work to." Do. I know I, ain't, you know what I mean. I know I got a lot of work. I got a long way to go in this league. But my nigga, I, you just got here. You just got here. Like you don't need <laughs> asking no questions. I'm like. Who's who? What's what? What's going on? What's the vibe? Individual meetings with every player to introduce yourself. You ain't do none of that yet. You called me. Told me I was overrated. Looked at him. All right. So, yeah, you remind me of, uh, I, I see your role on this team. <laughs> You're more like Detlef Shrimp. That was it. And, you know, and for the record, that left shrimp wasn't a bad player. He just wasn't a superstar player. He was the number three option on the Seattle Supersonic team. So basically saying to Carmelo Anthony, who was supposed to be the savior for the Denver Nuggets, a superstar coming into the league with LeBron and Dwayne Wade and all those other guys, he was supposed to be a superstar player. So he's saying that he's the third option on the team. He took it as a diss. Now, they've been going back and forth units for years, mm-hmm. for years. Now, I'm not saying that Carmelo holds a grudge, but – George Carl came out, took that clip, retweeted it, basically said something like, uh, you know, take the high road, whatever it said, and basically said that left shrimp was, he wishes he was that left shrimp. Like, that right there is the jabs and the, and, 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 the, and the insults that's been going back and forth for years between these two. But how do you resolve something like that? When you have no, like you said, you dig graves and you, 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 you bury people. Mm-hmm. 
when you have no relationship with people, is there a point where you just stop talking about that person, period? That's so. really when it's dead, right? Yeah, I would hope so. I think because these are two public figures and both of them were judged by their wins, right? I think anytime you can say, okay, I was this good based on my record, based on my stats, then that's a different conversation than you're having just people interacting and engaging with each other, right? Now, he took it as a diss, but if he didn't take it as a diss, or he could have taken it as a diss, and if, if, if um, George Call came back and said, that's how I motivate a young player. That's how I try to keep a young player hungry. That's how I try to keep, you know, a lot of people can tell you the story what Biggie was like, you know, they said I wasn't going to make it, you know, or anybody, you know, mm-hmm. Michelle Obama mm-hmm. tells the story of the mm-hmm. teacher who told her she wasn't college material. And so sometimes <laughs> that does light a fire in somebody who, you know, and, and not saying that you should, you know, downplay someone's talents and gifts to make them better, but sometimes people use that reverse psychology to get the best. And I think when when these young players come out with a lot of hype, a lot of fanfare, and this coach has to try to manage them to win championships in in coordination with other players that he also has to manage, um, maybe it was offered in a way to inspire Melo to work really hard. But over the last 20 Mm. years, it has not kind of played out that that's what that was. It seems like it may have been something else or it could have started as that and Melo's reaction and the retelling and how they both played into it that today it still looks like beef when it's like, hey, maybe I was just trying to get a lot out of a young guy. But maybe that was the start of it. And you think about it, some everything has a beginning, right? Your approach in the beginning of how somebody takes you could lead to a long-lasting feud, bad blood relationship because of your first impression that you made on somebody. Maybe his intent wasn't that, but the way he came across was like that in Melo's eyes. So anything that this guy, even if he was trying to get the best out of Melo, his approach wasn't received by Melo that right way. And so Melo looked at it as like, this guy's just on my ass. He doesn't like me from the beginning because of the first conversation they had. So sometimes when you have that first initial conversation and you don't know this person, you don't know their background, you don't know their character, you don't know how they do things or how they you know motivate people or whatever, you just don't know how to take them. And if they don't ever develop or that relationship where you just look at somebody and say, well, you know what? Mm, I don't get, that's just so-and-so. You ever been that, that, in that yeah, place? Be like, nah, he don't about that. are some of the best people in your life right now. And you didn't have that great first impression. You know, think of how many best friends are like, oh, we hated each other when we met or, oh, we had, yep. you know, but that's what I'm saying. Sometimes it could be the worst first impression, the first interaction, and they go on to be your greatest champion in life. Or is somebody you have a grudge against for 20 years. So, I mean, I think it yep. really goes into the maturity of both people from that first impression, from first meeting of if they had gone on and won five championships together, this would be a different story, right? This would be a different conversation of, oh, when we met and he said that to me, but man, I saw his style and he saw my style and we respected each other and we just was taking, taking them out on the court, you know? Yeah, but if you don't have that personality, you don't get the chance to develop that personal relationship to know who that person is. You just look at them as a hard ass or something to prove, or you feel like this guy's got an ego, and your ego gets in the way and doesn't allow yourself to, hey, sit down and have that conversation. I think sometimes I've been in situations where I've been mature enough, I guess, and the other person is mature enough, like, hey, I think we got off to a wrong foot. We got off to the wrong foot. I think something you said, I took it, how, what did you mean by that? Because I ask questions, because I don't want to have, you know, uh, a bad impression on somebody and they're not a bad person because they had a bad day. Sometimes it's an aberration. My two, you, you mentioned some, my two best friends in this world. When I first met them, I couldn't stand their ass and they couldn't stand me. The first day I met Jay Harris, 4th of July, I had just gotten to ESPN, right? I was at this party for another guy that was a sports center anchor there and was there. He got off work and he was tired. And I'm seeing this guy on the air all the time. And he's like, nice. I was looking forward to meeting Jay Harris. I mean, Jay Harris barely talks to me. He barely says anything. I'm like, man, you know, and I'm thinking my mind, my ego gets in the way. I'm like, oh, I'm the new black dude on ESPN. Maybe he's publicly threatened and all that type of stuff like that and whatever. He was just having a bad day. I had no idea, but I thought he was an asshole. And I tell him to this day, we talk about this to this day. My other best friend who I've been knowing over 35 years when I was in the military, I had a, a little authority because they call it a rope. I was a supervisor uh, in, in technical school when I was in the military. And this guy comes in, fresh recruit or whatever, country kid from Kentucky, gold tooth in his mouth and everything, bald head, didn't like authority, sees a black man with authority, didn't like me because of that. And we are, we are best friends to this day. I look at them as brothers because after a while, we sat down and we actually talked about it instead of having this feud back and forth. Oh, he said this. Or, and, and then other people get involved and says, oh, you know, George don't like that. He said this about you. And it's always that back and forth. Like you said, there are people who are meant 
to be rebel rousers and want to keep messy shit continuing to happen because they like messy shit. You know, because that person might not like either one of you, so he wants to keep his two enemies hating each other so they can fight the battle that he or she wants to fight for themselves, but they're not brave enough to do it. So uh, I, I think sometimes you just got to have that approach where you just have to sit down and have that conversation. And I if we don't agree on things... We bring it, though. We bring it. Like you mentioned, the ego of... <laughs> We take offense. Sometimes you can take offense to things that have nothing to do with you. And I think that's one of those things that people, um, oh gosh, out here in LA so much, right? Because you may know of someone or, you know, people feel like they know you because they scroll on social media and you've never seen this person mm -hmm. before in your life. And so they have a rapport or relationship or familiarity with you in their head. I used to get that a lot on local news in Birmingham where they feel like I'm their best friend. I'm just at Walmart. So when you come up and you talk right. to me, it's like, I'm probably not going to be as warm as fuzzy as you would have <laughs> hoped, but it's not because I'm not nice. It's not because I hate you. It's just because, Oh, okay. You know, I'm, I'm getting tampons right now. I didn't know we was about to have a conversation <laughs> uh, right this second, you know? And so it's a lot. And of if you're being tampons, you know, not to mess with you because you know, no, but, I'm just saying no, that's, like, that's like a little sign. You, you can stop there. You can stop there. Okay. All right. I'm just, I'm just a little sign. I'm just, just a little more of it. People sometimes, when I was a publicist for professional athletes, people might not have the interaction they wanted with that athlete, but they don't notice they pushed this kid out the way and stepped on his white foot to say, hi, you're my favorite player. And so I think sometimes in those horrible first impressions of those bad interactions, a lot of times you do have to check yourself, your your own, what you brought to it, right? Are you wronged all the time? Are you victimized all the time? Is your ego saying, hey, they should be excited to meet me too? And I think sometimes that is how grudges prolong. So if Melo comes into the league and this guy says he's overrated, Melo's own self-confidence in his talent, that would be not even a real statement. You know what I'm saying? Like that ain't even nothing to say. I know who I am. I know what I can do. I know what I'm going to do. So someone calling me overrated is not going to be something that I'm going to remember 20 years later. Um, and I think those are the moments it's where you look and say, you know what, this person said this to me. And based on what I brought to it, I either fed that negativity or I don't even remember, they, you know, somebody might, I've had people come up and apologize for things that I don't even remember happened or that they did. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I don't even know about that, but thank you. You know, but I, I'm, I'm, yeah. very, I'm, like I said, it's a funeral for me. If you don't have the vibes, if you don't have the energy, if I can tell you don't love yourself, I know you can't love me. It's just not something I'm right. engaged with. And it's not going to be something I'm going to be talking about 20 years ago. I think George Carl in this particular scenario is wrong because he was the authority figure. He was the yep. uh, person of authority and instruction mm -hmm. and guidance. So I think him feeding into it is, is a bad on him. I understand why Melo will remember what he was told by his first coach, but for the coach to still be making digs and trying to make this kid feel something with this man feel something is crazy. That's insane. Let it and, and, and they're just words. Let's you, have funerals. You know, Let's have more funerals. No, no. I mean, like, I, I'm about peace and love. I'm not going to kill you. What not, man? I'm dead. about let the situation be dead. Like you don't have yeah, to let keep, that keep feeding it, something that could just be dead a long time ago. Well, this this is what we live in. We live in a mess of society. <laughs> we okay. got to do it. I mean, we're talking about it, right? This is that's what got the clicks. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about on the podcast. It's unfortunate. This is the way of the world now. You can look thirty years ago and see how TV was. Uh, they, somebody put up a clip when um, what's that boy's name? Uh, Polly Shore was on television in Dallas, and he said something about having a boner, and the anchors like scared as hell didn't say anything nobody was like it was uh, almost like they wanted to go to break because they were so afraid you say that today everybody's gonna laugh and joke about it the anchors are gonna be like because you can get away with it because things and times have changed man we're in a very sensational uh uh society where it's all about clickbait it's about how can i how can i say something to make somebody else come down how can i get my 15 seconds of 15 minutes of fame how can i get people to watch my netflix special all those types of things are happening right now so this is just, once again, the society we live in. Uh, and that's super unfortunate. It's super unfortunate. That leads us to stop All that. Right. Stop that. We can say, we just say stop, stop that. that. Okay. I would like to start. Stop that. This is my stop that. Um, mm -hmm. uh, stop taking people's lives personally. I think a lot of times I have found that I get invited to stuff that I can't go to I don't want to go to, or I'm not able to go to for whatever reasons. And so when people say, oh, I missed you at such and such, I, th I, I am grateful I was invited. I am thanked. I'm thankful I was missed. But also you have to know that for whatever reason I wasn't there, you shouldn't make it a thing 
about you. It's not a, a relationship thing. People say, you didn't come to my event. It's like, oh, I had a show that night. It's not personal, <laughs> you know? And so I feel like I've been having to defend against why I haven't come to certain things recently. And the other part of that for me is, um, I, I have a friend, she's taking care of her parents. She's a single mom. She apologizes when she hasn't called me. And I'm like, girl, don't you ever apologize. You call me when you can. I know you have a whole life, a whole bunch of responsibilities, a whole lot of challenges. So I want more people to stop taking people's absence from your life as a personal dig. Life is lifing for all of us. It might be a season of depression, grief, financial hardship, confusion, horrible. You know, it's a lot of things why someone might not show up. Mm -hmm. Don't automatically fall to the worst thing. It could be that it's personal and they don't care or love and support you. Stop that. I'm, I'm glad Just you said be that lifing, because I was, okay? I, was, I was really getting upset because you want to come to my game nights. Like you, you know, first day you came oh. to town, you came to my game night. You have, been the worst since, but that's okay. And then oh, you want an and, invitation. And, and you know what? And you know what? Let me say this. Mike's mm -hmm. game nights are great. They are wonderful. Lots of fun. Um, I've been to a couple. Um, but you generally have them at what time? <laughs> On Sunday. Uh-huh. At five o'clock. Mm -hmm. Five until 10. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so I yeah. generally work yeah. until five o'clock. And as I've told you, Hey, I'm going to try to come by right after work. But sometimes, a lot of times I have shows on Sunday night. And so when I get off at five and I have a show at seven, yeah, I'm not going to make it. I appreciate it. Well, the, the effort is on it, man. <laughs> the, the invitations will always be there. Uh, my stop that is- Dude always be coming to your old parties. And so I'm good on that. Who? <laughs> that I, you got to tell me who this is. Because, you know, now I because- if, I pointed if, at him. I told you the story. Well, well tell me again because in, in the remind because, you know, you know sometimes- I'm going to uninvite him. I mean, it's an open game night. No, I want- No, because if it's, if it's somebody like- If it's like that and it's somebody that you feel uncomfortable with, there might be other people who feel uncomfortable with this person. And a lot of times, a lot of people that are invited there, I don't know. Them. Right. You know what I mean? Because right. it's like a citywide thing. So if I don't know them, I can tell them, hey, man, uh, you, you can't come back because I get yeah, too many complaints about you. I can just, I can just yeah. not come. Okay. But I would want you to be there. Anyway, I hope you're there. Stop that. I think there are a lot of people that are getting a lot of notoriety right now, uh, a lot of exposure, uh, getting a lot of great things that are coming to them. I call that favor. Uh, other people are calling it gay and I hate that. Stop that. A lot of people out here feeling like because somebody is getting on like Shannon Sharp is getting all these interviews with on Club Shay Shay or whatnot. And he's getting his notoriety. He's the biggest sports figure out there uh, when it comes to that hot shows or whatever people are coming on there to call him a messy. They're starting to use terms that just are not cool to use, man. Let's stop that. Let's stop looking at other people's success and feeling like they had to do something in order to get it. They didn't have to wear a dress to get it. They didn't have to be gay. They didn't have to be in the back room with somebody doing something nefarious with somebody to get that. Maybe they're just good. Maybe they just, maybe it's just their time. Maybe God just wants to show favor on somebody and just give them an opportunity and let them have that time instead of like trying to tear them down or look for reasons as to why they're getting that success by calling them names that are unsubstantiated or or, or basically saying they're in the Illuminati, which you haven't seen if it really truly exists or whatnot. Why don't you say, hey, man, let's applaud that brother. Let's applaud that sister. Let's applaud this dude right here. It's his time. What's for him is for him. And when I get it, if I get it, that's fine. If I don't want to get it, then that's fine. If people are telling me I got to do this, do it. Okay, you don't have to go through those back doors or whatnot. But at the same time, let's stop looking at other people's success and trying to bring them down based on something that you have no freaking idea what you're talking about when it comes to that. So let's please stop tearing each other down. Let's build each other. You know, I think it's a newer trend for that to be the insult or the insinuation for men. But, you know, it's always been in, implied for women if they got successful, that they must have slept their way to the top or for a black person, they must have been an affirmative action hire. And so this is, I think, just the next wave in questioning people's talents, abilities and opportunities. So, yes, stop that. Do you work hard? Yeah, and, and, and by the way, you know, being called gay ain't an insult. I mean, okay, it's like, I guess it's but, just the next know, wave. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and it's, I just want to clear that. But so it's like, but it's like they they look at it and they want to say it's a dig as an insult or whatever because you know it's a man and like you don't know that man's sexuality. Who cares? Who cares? Who the hell cares? At the end of the day, man, just do you and let them do them.
you know what? Continue to subscribe. Thank you, everybody, for uh, listening and watching the podcast. Done there, been that. Uh, this has been episode number 11, episode 12. We'll be back next week. Please uh, go to our YouTube channel, like, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend, and continue to listen to us wherever podcasts are listened to. I'm Mike Hill. That's my girl, Eunice Elliott. We will see you back here again next week. Yo, this is the Inflection Collective. All of us are connected, reflective, real-life perspective, respected. The banter, the chit-chat, no cap, it's big facts, so kick back. This year is done there, been there. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.